0: Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins,
1: and I'm Chris Carrera. And today we are doing Twin Peaks season two, episode three.
0: Yes, the, the man behind the glass is that? I think the so. man behind glass. Man
1: behind glass. I think that's right. Yeah, I think so. <laughs>
0: But this may be a bit of a crazy episode just because our energy is on a crazy level because we've been having some technical difficulties as usual. (laughs) (laughs) We're back on our Lady Susan setup, which is what we were on when our mics failed us. We did get some new ones, but we can't figure out how to use the equipment.
1: Per (laughs) usual, technology is... Just so far off from being understood on this podcast.
0: Yes. If only we were technically savvy.
1: Not me. (laughs) I
0: think I spent spent too many years in an analog age. (laughs) Uh,
1: I spent too many years not paying attention because I was mentally ill.
0: (laughs) 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 But (laughs) we are going to cover today episode Two. Three. Three. Oh my Autism gosh. Two. Okay. This is going to get better from here, I promise. <laughs> yeah. So we just watched it. Oh, mm-hmm. should we... St- let me start off by saying an announcement. I'll s- repeat our announcement from the last episode. Okay. Because it hasn't happened yet as of this episode coming out. There is a Twin Peaks... Yes, there's a Twin Peaks conference. Um, oh, right. And... You can find that at Lynchland Canal Blog, lynchland.canalblog.com. It's called It's in our house now and it's June 19th through 20th. It's in French and English. And uh, okay, a bunch of French stuff came up. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, definitely check that out. You can find stuff on if you like look up Lynchland on Facebook.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: it's got a list of all the presenters there's a lot of really cool stuff so hopefully I'll be able to look into it myself but definitely if you're into Twin Peaks you know it's dedicated to season 3 so oh wow. okay so, so I list- will not be tuning in yeah, yeah <laughs> you, maybe not you <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's get on to our first impressions <laughs> uh,
1: well like you said we just watched it and it was I feel like I don't know like we some BTS behind the scenes this is our first time back at Twin Peaks after recording all of Persuasion. Oh true. So technically it's been a little bit of a a gap for us but it just feels like we're coming back and I'm like are we in a different season now because (laughs) I feel like Donna is like I'm you know 10 years older and I'm the you know sophisticated mysterious and I think you made a comment during watching this to how like noir it feels and it just feels like she's one of those like she's the lady detective and she's gotta figure she's always smoking a cigarette so
0: blackie was very noir yes um...
1: very noir villainous (laughs) it's yeah and the music it just seems more noir-ish if that's a word
0: yeah i was definitely picking out the music more and being like oh Mm -hmm. that's Laura's theme, but for Donna and yeah, this thing or another. So...
1: <laughs> ugh, Yeah, and then that uh, opening scene with uh, Ronette is so jarring to open to. Yeah. Ugh, And the gross, gross fingernail. <laughs> I hate it so much. I had to look away. I was like, I am not watching this. <laughs> gross yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, definitely. I was getting confused because we watched... This one and the next one, and so mm-hmm. I was thinking of the next one in my head, but yeah, this one is it. Does this one have blackie? That might have been the next one that had. The
1: blackie. I think this one has a little bit of that setup that they're that they get to in the next episode where right. it's fully realized. I think this is like when it's first being in it initially.
0: Yeah. And it's funny that you say that this feels like a different because the first two were directed by David Lynch, and mm-hmm. so now we're starting a different director. Right, I'm not right. sure, was it Leslie Linka Gladder who did this one?
1: Um, yeah, it was.
0: And I was noticing the whole time, I was like, this one is so funny. It was really yes. cracking me up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we get some new characters, and they're kind of funny, and I like them a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it might be that, you know, the first ones, first two were just so David Lynch that we're like, we know yeah. what this is like.
0: Yeah, and this has one of Albert's best speeches. Yes. That was this one, right? I think so. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm getting confused.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, it's this technical snafu. It's getting to my brain. <laughs> yes.
1: But it was, these were really fun episodes. And I just, there's so much... I don't know, so much mystery. And I always feel like, because I'm also watching other sort of murder mystery kind of shows Uh right now that'll probably end up being a recommendation at some point. (laughs) But I always feel like in the middle of these shows, I'm like, the killer could be anyone at this point. And I I just don't feel like figuring it out. Just surprise me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Harold coming in with the real serial killer vibes. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I think I made a comment where I was like, the director was like, Please just act like you're the killer because you are supposed to be the creepiest person in the show.
0: Yeah.
1: Ugh, I was very uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And we only see Bob in a picture. Yeah. The same the, picture we've been seeing. The
1: scariest sketch, <laughs> police sketch that I've ever seen in my entire life. I know. No wonder everyone is disturbed by it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. And a lot of good teen drama i mean you were saying that oh, with yeah. Donna,
1: and yeah <laughs> well what's so funny is that like a lot of these new characters that i'll get into in my notes i looked i like to look at like all their mdbs to see what they've been in and some of them have been in, like have been like long-standing like soap opera actors and stuff and i'm like oh, they fit yeah. in so Dick well domain, right mm-hmm. yeah ian buchanan he was like on general hospital and the bold and the beautiful and- yes so it, but it just <laughs> melds so well with this style.
0: I feel like these, all of these episodes, Lucy has really shined mm-hmm. in my eyes. I don't think I've ever really looked at her as—I mean, I've always loved Lucy, of course, but I've never realized how great, great she is. Yeah, <laughs> like, she's just so good. Yeah, in all of these episodes, yeah, that we've watched in season two so far.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, she's really stood out, um, in this whole like pregnancy storyline is really giving her the kind of like I guess you could say like quote unquote allowance to kind of be like well I'm going to be the meat and I'm not so small and meek anymore I'm going to be loud (laughs) and I'm going to be like straight to the point and cutting and I really like it
0: yeah yeah and just like her little comedic Mm -hmm. physicalizations are just so funny (laughs) yes yes
1: oh my god I love her so much
0: (laughs) well should we go ahead and get into the notes
1: sure (laughs) All right, so we are doing notes for season two, episode three. It first premiered on October 13th, 1990. Mm. So spooky, spooky season. It was directed, like you said, Leslie Linka Glatter. And it was uh, written by Robert Ingalls. Okay. So we have a new writer and we have some new characters. I
0: think he's one of the more regular writers, Robert Ingalls.
1: Robert Ingalls. Maybe I'm forgetting his name. We all know I'm infamously bad with
0: things. <laughs> I think it might have been the first season
1: that he wrote something. Maybe. All right. So new characters. We have Ian Buchanan as Dick Tremaine, who I love? <laughs> uh, Lenny Von Dolan as Harold Smith, who is a serial killer. <laughs> and Michael Parks as John Renault. Mm. Very scary French Canadian.
0: Yes, those scary gangster French Canadians. <laughs> <all the
1: time. laughs> uh, I think that's only our our only new characters. Let's see, let's see. And I had some like fun little uh, trivia that I found. Okay. So Doc Hayward's line where he says "better than a trip to Lords" is kind of like a reference to Lords France. And it says that it's claimed that many miracles have been brought forth from the intercession of Mary, the Virgin Mother of Jesus. Wow. So it's kind of like a reference being like, you know, I guess it's like, a com- like supposed to be like a weird, like comedic religious reference to like how difficult it is to be with Nadine. <laughs> because you're <it's laughs> either going to have to deal with her or look for a miracle. Gotcha. <laughs> and then we had kind of pointed out Secret Diary of Laura Palmer was showing up.
2: Oh, yeah, in yeah. the
1: show and so it was shortly before this episode had aired that the book was published and so it was you know out and they the cover of the book in the show matches the the cover that yes. they used yeah and that later in some episodes actual passages from the book are read or even referenced
0: yeah then they do it in this one or was it the next it's the next
1: one i think yeah so you know <laughs> good thing we read the book <laughs> and then as she's about to inject audrey with the drugs. Um, Blackie says she's ready for her close-up, which is a paraphrase of the last line of Sunset Boulevard, which is one of David Lynch's favorite movies.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, his I believe his character, Gordon Cole, is named after mm-hmm. a character in Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> yep.
1: Yes, it is. And then, <laughs> let's see, let's see. And then I have, do you want me to read the Log Lady intro? Yes, please. Okay. So her intro is... Letters are symbols. They are building blocks of words which form our language. Languages help us communicate. Even with complicated languages used by intelligent people, misunderstanding is a common occurrence. We write things down sometimes, letters, words, hoping they will serve us and those with whom we wish to communicate. Letters and words calling out for understanding.
0: I was thinking about symbols in this one.
1: Oh, right, right, right. right. But still, I mean, but we letters, get that, yeah. and then we get the first scene, which is the letter being pulled out of exactly, the finger.
0: Exactly.
1: Ah, the log lady.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's go into the recap. Let's do it. The man behind glass. <laughs> okay, so we start off. Runette is fighting the doctors as they put her back in bed. They give her a sedative. Harry, Cooper, and Albert come in and check under her fingernail, and they find another letter. Ugh. B,
1: <laughs> which I feel like is immediately I'm like Bob. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. That. The letters were never made public before, so it definitely has to be the killer. And so they all stand together. Cooper tells them about the giant which I thought maybe he had already told them but I guess not nope. <laughs> Albert wonders if the giant had, was any relation to the dwarf <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> um, Oh, Albert <laughs> Donna arrives at Harold's
1: Yes, in her new look, and her, I'm a grown-up now.
0: Yes, he says he likes her sweater better than yesterday's.
1: That <laughs> was, like, red flag.
0: <laughs> He's like, you changed your sweater. And I was thinking, yes, I am a normal, functioning human. I change my clothes every day. <laughs> he invites her in, <laughs> but, uh, no, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I did appreciate that Donna was, like, you could tell she was uncomfortable and she sat closest to the door and I was like, these are smart decisions because he's giving off real serial killer vibes. I
0: know, he comes on like so strong, like, you're wearing a different sweater, hi, hi. I come in. Don't even introduce yourself or anything, you weirdo. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say that because he clearly has a problem with,
1: with people, <laughs> but still. But
0: I just feel like he's a little weird, not in like a agoraphobic way, but like in a... He just... There's just something so...
1: Sinister about yeah. him. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, we later find out some more unnerving things that he, you know, did or does or has or whatever. But yeah. he just has this quality about him where he is, like, almost like he has a secret or he's, like, prodding at yeah. Donna to see what she knows. And it's just... I don't know. The way he talks about Laura, I also do not like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, we're gonna get into him a lot more. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, yeah, they go inside. His house is filled with orchids, and he offers her some apple butter and saltines. <laughs> <her some> apple <laughs> butter. No, thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> weird. She wants to know about his relationship to Laura, though. He says that he's a shut in, he can't go outside, that Laura thought of him as a mystery in her life. And he wants Donna to place an orchid on Laura's grave. Weird. <laughs> and as he goes to get the orchid, she sees a paper sticking out from the bottom of the bookcase. Hmm. It, but before she can, she starts to yank on it, but before she can really get it out, he comes out with a lady slipper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the worst name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: He creepily knows so much about her already too mm-hmm. and he says that she's just as lovely as Laura said and so she leaves but says that she will come back why <laughs> <laughs> she's in sleuth mode
1: I know it's her noir
0: detective I know. when we get to the persona. scene at the um, where she's placing the orchid mm-hmm. we'll have to get back to that because she seems so like I don't want to be a sleuth but she's instigating all her own sleuthing it's not like yeah it's making her be a sleuth
1: yeah i have she opinions. could just tell
0: the police at this yeah <laughs> yeah she saw this guy harold he has her diary <laughs> yeah
1: i have opinions on that uh cemetery scene so I'm, I'm excited to get to that because yeah it's interesting
0: it is interesting maybe one of my favorite donna scenes actually
1: yeah yeah because we're not I'm like okay we're out of the melodramatics and we're not there's no James thank god yeah <laughs> so I'm like we're getting real Donna yeah because she's with Laura alone technically yeah so
0: okay so back at the sheriff's stage, sta- station <laughs> <laughs> Cooper is trying to work out the letters RBT he knows that they must be related to the long haired man Albert seems incredulous about the giant <laughs> <laughs> The drugs in James's bike were were the same as what they found at Leo's, and the letter B was cut from a Flesh World, Ugh. the only magazine in town. Apparently,
1: no time, no no highlights. The Playboy, <laughs>
0: Flesh World. Yes. No agency has a record of the long hair man. Coop was. Which I thought they knew his name was Bob, or said just because his name was Bob in Cooper's dream.
1: I think it was because it was Cooper's dream. But clearly, I mean, we've, we've, the audience have received plenty of confirmation that his name is Bob, and we kind of have some sort of semblance of who he is.
0: Yeah. Okay. And Cooper was shot with James Bond's gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really related to Albert in this scene because I was like, that is kind of interesting. <laughs> I was like, I think that's really cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess Cooper would be like, I was shots, I don't care. <laughs> but I think it's cool.
0: I think he had a little bit of a... Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper is looking and feeling better. Albert still has some fibers to test. As he leaves, Albert insults Harry. Yes. And Harry grabs him by the tie. And he says, let's talk about knuckles. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will say Albert's line was pretty funny. <laughs> he's always really funny, so I'm like, I can't yeah, really I get mad. I love
0: Albert. I love him so much. Mm. I always say, This person's my favorite, or that person, but Albert. Has Albert's been always one of my favorites forever. I was <laughs> say, he's always
1: the top five, yeah, for sure. Since
0: I was a kid. Him and Pete are yes. usually competing for the top. <laughs> Albert comes back with a monologue for the ages, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which, I, you know, it's, it's like. I think you had commented, and I agreed. It was one of the, like his best, yes, and one of the best monologues I think in the whole show so far. But it's funny, like thinking back, like where he says that line about like I have what was it like I have world,
0: um,
1: global. He's... Oh, <laughs> I don't remember. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I'll just uh, I put a little bit of a sum up. He says he rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love. I love you, Sheriff Truman. Albert's path is a strange and difficult one, so I don't know. I don't think. I think he way. says like my
1: my troubles or my issues are global, which
0: yes. <laughs> at
1: that point, I was like, this kind of feels like he's masking a a dig into <laughs> into like this sort of like Gandhi. I'm all about love, <laughs> right? Kind of. Uh, I it
0: could be, but I I
1: I feel like this is the m- most Albert is able to. I guess outwardly, vocally, communicate a sense of like companionship of some sort.
0: Yes. And it is a kind of a turning point. He doesn't seem so hostile in the future.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, it could be that maybe he's warmed up, you could say, to the area, or maybe that he's just like, "Ah, remember Albert, you're bigger than this. (laughs) Love
0: Albert, love. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Either way, I still love him.
0: Yeah, I like it what Cooper says. Albert's path is a strange and difficult one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Even he's like, you just kind of have to deal with it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's good on the inside. Yes. James is let go. He won't be charged, but he needs to stop trying to sleuth all the time. And I said, I'm a little confused. Surely James was already released. He was just writing songs with girls last night. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Very terrible songs.
0: (laughs) But I guess maybe he was released, but then had to go back and sign some final paperwork or something.
1: Yeah, I think I was like, this seems like a very much...
0: Or maybe he just has to spend the nights in jail and gets to go out during the day. Uh, I, I don't I've know. known people with that kind of sentence before.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, okay. Lucy is trying to figure out the words or uh, words that contain B, T, and R. And Hawk wants to help out. And just then, Dick Tremaine walks in. <laughs> <laughs> he's Lucy's date. And Hawk immediately does not like him.
1: <laughs>
2: he's like, says, look. look.
0: Robot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like in this episode, especially in this scene, we get to see how funny Hawk is. And I think he's I so love. funny. He is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> just the way, robot. <laughs>
0: Uh, he works, um, oh, sorry, so Dick Tremaine, though, he works at Horn's department store in designer menswear. <laughs> I'm sure there's a big call for that at Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's certainly dressed to the nines. Lucy seems unhappy about lunch, though, and Dick recommends they go Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs>
0: Harry is still asking questions about the giant when Leland walks up. He says he knows the man from the poster. Ugh. He knew him from Pearl Lakes at his grandfather's house. His name was Robertson, and that matches the letters. Robertson. Son. <laughs> Bob
1: Robertson is what we kept saying to ourselves, like, interesting name.
0: Bob Robertson. Son of Robert. Bob, son of Robert.
1: Bob, son of Robert. <laughs>
0: Okay, so they thank Leland. He also remembers him flicking matches at him. And then Leland flicks a match of his own. Perfectly. Very precisely.
1: (laughs) You want to play with, what do you say? You want to play with Fire Boy or The Boy?
0: Little Boy. (laughs) Which
1: I'm like, that is creepy. Yeah,
0: that sounds like the Bob I know. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: was like, we definitely know that person.
0: (laughs) To the double R. Lucy is bored and listening to Dick's filing method techniques. (laughs) Uh, Dick points out that he eats in the European way. (laughs) (laughs) Lucy is pissed because he hasn't called for six weeks. And he says that he lost her phone number.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then she has the best line. Yes.
0: (laughs) She says, you could have called 911. <laughs> I'm like, Lucy. Uh, they were out. They went out every Thursday for three months. He made promises, but they drank too much and ended up on a display bed at Horde's home furnishings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, Lucy.
0: <laughs> and then she never heard from him again. Mm. He wants to make it up to her. He can get her a dress with his employment discount.
1: It's like, I don't think she's going to fall for that.
0: And she says, oh, yeah? Well, how about a maternity dress?
1: <laughs> and she stands up.
0: He responds, hmm, preggers.
1: I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is why I love him, because... So, like, he's one of these characters that I think we have plenty of this in this show that are so, like, kind of detached from, like, yeah, (laughs) like the earth. (laughs) Um, and I think at this point, I had told you that the perfect pair, I think, is Dick Tremaine and Nadine (laughs) because I feel like she would be so interested in his filing methods and kind of wanted to. and like apply them into her own life and then her curtain runners. I feel like he would be like, These are uh, the best things I've ever seen.
0: He might find himself very um, attracted to her strength as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: I just feel like they, and she would be like, European, like <laughs> eating. Hmm, maybe I can do this too. And I just feel like they go so well together. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Is Nadine in this episode or the I, next one? It's this one. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah because then uh that's just that's when doc haywood makes that lord's reference
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah okay good because i was gonna say her new
1: persona persona
0: <laughs> i think would be very interesting yes but there there may be some interaction i think at the end of season two i'm not <sighs> sure
1: in my if i ever wrote twin peaks fan fiction <laughs>
0: we should do that <laughs> <laughs>
1: i would definitely put them together <laughs>
0: some crossover fan fiction yes (laughs) i have totally preckers (laughs) preckers oh yes okay (laughs) Mm, (laughs) all right so meanwhile in uh, another booth maddie and james are sharing one side of a booth together weird weird uh especially you know you get there with someone not your boyfriend and you sit down but he sat next to her clearly
1: yeah, because she sat in first. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not going to. It's yeah. always. Uh, there's always one problem, and guess who's at the root of it? It's always James.
0: <laughs> I know. He plays dumb really good, but, yeah. like, I feel like he knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah. I, at s- least I,
0: subconsciously. Yeah.
1: He's, uh, I feel like subconsciously, he's a womanizer. Just a little bit. He's not maybe severe, but he likes to, you know have options
0: definitely one of those i'll just leave town without a word types
1: yeah and it's like (laughs) don't bother coming back
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know if we find out about because there is a little bit we find out about his mom Mm mm-hmm but it might be in the next episode. Okay, we'll, we'll find out wh- wh- if we get there. Yeah, <laughs> they're sharing it once I have the booth though, and he wants to know if Donna seems different. I said yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so this is when the audience collectively is like, "Duh."
0: <laughs> She's a big different. Their their song uh-huh. plays under the scene. Just you and just you, you and, and I. You and I. Something like that. <laughs> Crazy. He tells her about Donna visiting him in jail. Sometimes he just wants to get on his bike and go.
1: Go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she takes his hand and tells him running away won't solve anything. And just then, Donna walks in and sees them. She's very upset and she tells them about this great guy she met today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> you be <mean> creepy? <laughs>
0: James wants to know what's wrong and she tells them to sit there holding hands and figure it out and then she storms out. <laughs> I think this
1: is when she's like I met someone today who is actually intelligent and it's <laughs> like he's like what is that supposed to be? You're just
0: training one problem for another Donna. <laughs> yes.
1: She you know what I'm kind of just now realizing this it's almost like she has now merged into a combo of her her old self and laura
0: yeah she's, she's definitely split. trying to like take on there's a lot yeah. that's going on with her and
1: yeah i think you know and because we've read the secret diary we see how like weirdly connected they are from laura's perspective i feel like she is just trying to kind of i in that space that laura had yeah you know, filled in before, and she's just trying to be this person who is, like, so intense and older than they seem. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, I think maybe she always realized that she didn't understand Laura as yeah. much
1: as... Maybe Laura know. understood her.
0: <laughs> yeah, and now that she's dead, maybe she's questioning, like, what happens and mm-hmm. trying to understand her herself by... But, you know, she's a teenager, so you don't know what you're doing. You're right. just so she's reacting. probably Yeah,
1: she's probably thinking, like, oh, maybe if I just kind of act like Laura. I'll kind of figure out what her deal was. Yeah. Little does you know, you can... There's a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot
0: more stuff that Laura did. Yeah. I think I did my deep dive on her, and I get some interesting stuff Ooh, when okay. we do. So, it might be the next episode, but... Either way. Either way. <laughs> oh. Now, we're back at 1A hmm
1: Audrey
0: is tied to a chair. Emory is filming as... Blackie, I guess injects Audrey with heroin. Emery says they, that he thinks that they should get rid of her and they plan to ransom her to Ben. Emery is afraid to lose his job. <laughs> she tells him to stop whining. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at Audrey at the end of the scene and says, just like her daddy did with me. Oh, God. <laughs> uh.
1: Ben is I, nefarious, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so funny that he's kind of like this. He kind of comes off up until now, I guess, as this kind of goofy, like, you know, he's you know, he's bad, but he's like, right. but like a, he's just kind of like a weirdo. Yeah. You know, he's him and his brother are not super like, oh, they're like evil men. And
0: right. They're just like greedy, selfish. Yeah. Ne'er do wells.
1: Yeah. Just kind of like, <laughs> you know, a little bit like idiot. But <laughs> and this is why I think this scene was like
0: like he got Blackie addicted to heroin and to the yeah, straight, and now she like runs his club,
1: yeah, he's definitely like one of the worst people ever, and <laughs> I think this scene would definitely make you and I would say in my mind, I'm like, oh, he could have killed Laura, you know he's very likely, yeah so,
0: definitely.
1: I could yeah. see it now, especially, but also it's, like, I think I made a comment, like, these are, like, clearly, like, I called them tier two <laughs> villains because, like, there's no, like...
0: Blackie and Emery. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's no, like, thinking of, like, the overall picture or what's going to happen next.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because,
1: clearly, if Ben was able to, you know, co- construct this entire kind of world of one Eye Jacks, clearly he's more powerful than you think he is yeah (laughs) so it's like you're not even thinking you're playing with his daughter who you know clearly he doesn't necessarily care about that much as much as he should right but you know yeah things are not gonna
0: how long she's been gone
1: yeah (laughs) things are not gonna end well for y'all yeah
0: okay so meanwhile back at the station philip gerard is showing harry his shoes which i believe this was something from last season a thread that's being repicked up i don't think he was in the first two episodes was he
1: i think he was okay, i think it was like the end of the last episode <laughs> we did maybe i might be misremembering but when he comes in at the end and lucy's like the sheriff's not in right now oh. and he's like i like something like oh i don't mind waiting or something yeah something like that but it's the the days it's never like a clear like we're on this date <laughs> and you know yeah it's kind of sometimes a little funky
0: it's so funny because I have watched Toy Biggs a million times but I've never watched it with the intent to try to figure out like the clues because mm-hmm. I guess the first time I watched it I was a kid and I knew all the reveals so right. subsequent watchings I never felt like the need to try to get into all the... But now that I'm watching it like this, I'm like, there's all these, like, little red herrings and clues and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff everywhere that, like... <laughs> I'm finding it hard to keep straight. Yes. Okay, so... Uh, he's got a shoe for all seasons. <laughs> he sees the wanted poster of Bob as Harry finds a pair that he likes and he gets disoriented and goes to the bathroom to take his medication.
1: Which... Later we find out... Now, you know what? I'll wait until we get to it later. Okay. <laughs> it's in this episode, I know for sure. Okay. I think. If it's not, I'll do it next episode. We'll,
0: we'll remember. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> we're crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, we're crazy. Uh,
0: we were going to do two episodes, but I think we'll just go stick to one for today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is why we can't keep them straight. Okay, Shelly is also at the station. <laughs> And she doesn't want to testify against her husband. She's like tearing a piece of paper, piece of paper and never makes eye contact with mm-hmm. anyone the whole time. She says she won't say anything against him. She loves him. She says in about the quietest voice possible. Oh. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cooper tells her to go and hopes that someday she may have Leo back. And Cooper pretty much knows that it's an insurance thing, but he doesn't know who is pulling the strings.
1: Right. Well, you know, and, and that, you know, at first I feel like the knee-jerk reaction is to be like, Shelly, what are you doing? You know, and, and then by, like, you think about, like, her tearing at the paper and not making eye contact, like, clearly she's... She doesn't
0: want to.
1: <laughs> she just wants to be done with it. Like, she's probably so tired. Yeah. And she's, you know, definitely wants, you know, Leo, there for there to be consequences. But as far as we, you know, she knows, Leo is a vegetable. Yeah. So...
0: let's hope you see that way
1: (laughs) So the little eye look we got at the end of the last episode (laughs)
0: that's true (laughs) Scary. (laughs) Philip Gerard is in the bathroom trying to inject himself but he fails and he comes out of the stall looking for Bob
1: (laughs) that was very scary
0: (laughs) he knows he's near he's after him now commercial break (laughs) 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 he gets this low resonant voice
1: Yeah, and like the bathroom acoustics were perfect because it echoes. Yeah, (laughs) I'm after you now. Because when he's a
0: shoe salesman, he's just kind of like a oh shucks kind of yeah. But then when he's looking for Bob,
1: (laughs) (laughs) very oof.
0: A a marching band and cheerleader conference is now happening at the hotel. Presumably, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the Asian man who we will get a name for him later. This. Maybe the next episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I have the name. I think it's listed on the IMDb credits, but I don't know if we've.
0: I we haven't heard it verbally. this point. Yeah.
1: Know.
0: He's still watching Cooper from behind his paper. And Cooper wants to know if Ben has heard from his daughter. And he also wants to know if there's trouble at home. Hmm. Ben then starts to get suspicious of their acquaintance. And he warns Cooper away from her. He, but he doesn't really seem very concerned about her. And I would like to point out, because I, I don't know if we've actually covered this on the podcast, but a little piece of Twin Peaks lore
2: mm-hmm. is that
0: originally they had intended Cooper and Audrey to get together.
2: Uh huh.
0: But because Cooper was dating Laura Flynn Boyle, <laughs> she uh... didn't want Audrey and and Cooper to get together on the show. And Cooper said that it wouldn't be appropriate anyway because she's a teenager and i just want to say that for all the chemistry they have and how great they might have made a couple Mm -hmm. i'm very glad that that is the decision that got made looking at it from this point in history that we don't have to be like uh well we'll just hold our nose past this weirdness (laughs) yeah
1: well i i yeah i appreciate the the fact that you know he did not date a teenager (laughs) but i also really like their relationship where you can tell like she's Because she's had such a troubled childhood with her parents and her family and that she's kind of like, I don't know, trying to grow up too fast, but it also makes her seem like more of a teenager and she's like, you can tell she's like interested in this FBI detective and he's just like, "Uh, you know, (laughs) little girl. uh." Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, thank you. I think like maybe this is the point in the story where the writers were like, well, we're going to steer away from. Yeah. Like we'll have them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's a good relationship. But. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting that Ben Horn of all people makes this comment because he goes to One Eye Jacks and regularly yeah. hooks up with teenagers girls. That's disgusting.
0: Yeah. He'll know soon enough. He's <clears throat> gross. The Asian man though follows Cooper out. <sighs> okay, Audrey is laying in bed, and a new man is there feeding her caramel
1: it was a very uncomfortable scene
0: I think this is one of my least favorite storylines from season two honestly but
1: yeah (laughs) I just I don't know if I I don't know yet if I find this character very interesting just
0: because I just don't I feel like it's a waste of Audrey
1: yeah (laughs) well because she's so good when she's sleuthing it's like to make her so incapacitated it's like like so boring (laughs) how boring would it be
0: yeah the man's name is jean and he injects her again blackie and Emery figure out that cooper was at the casino and jean renault comes in with blackie's sister nancy Mm -hmm. he wants cooper because he blames him for his brother's death i don't know did he did cooper kill someone um, <laughs> oh I know, I know, I know. In the first season there was like a drug deal. Uh huh. And I think Andy actually killed. Oh,
1: right. Right, 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 right. I remember now. Sorry. <laughs> I think
0: that was the other brother. I remember Sorry, now. Sorry, I should remember that, but Emory's <laughs> <laughs> very nervous. Blackie wants Nancy gone, and they're like, nah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Clearly Nancy has the upper hand.
0: Yeah. And they basically say they're planning on killing Audrey. At the end of all this. Whatever. Uh, Josie called Harry. She's coming back tomorrow. And he wants to see her alone before they bring her in. Mm. (laughs) Cooper says, okay. Hawk comes in with info on Pearl Lakes. There's a vacant vacant lot next to the Palmer House. And then beyond that, there's a white house that's boarded up. Hmm. Cooper hears that the one-armed man was there. Yeah. Cooper hears that the one-armed man was there. In the dream, he knew Bob.
2: Hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. And the one-armed man knew Bob. Yeah. (laughs) Cooper checks the restroom and finds the medication, the syringe. And I said, thank you for using a glove. Yes. Then he remembers another clue that the giant gave him. Without chemicals, he points. The giant's third clue. And so he says, go find the one-armed man. Yes. Nadine is being restrained in bed. (laughs) She's pumping out a lot of adrenaline.
1: More than, he said, a wildcat.
0: (laughs) More than a wildcat. Uh, Doc asks Ed to sing to her. And they give him some privacy for
1: that. (laughs) He's like, I don't want to sing in front of everyone.
0: He holds her hand and sings on top of Old Smokey. (laughs) (laughs) He starts to strain as she crushes his hand (laughs) and then rips the restraints free and starts clapping. And it actually turns into cheering. Mm -hmm. Because when she wakes up, she thinks she's a senior who has tonsillitis and wants to go to cheerleader tryouts. You're only 18 once. <laughs> <Murder. laughs>
1: I did like the line where, because we first see her and she's got these fuzzy <laughs> arm restraints that are like chained to the bed. And he, I think Ed makes a comment like, was that necessary? And Doc was like, She's broken through two leather restraints. <laughs>
0: like they're <a> tissue paper. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> this is the least we can do now.
0: Oh my gosh. And that starts one of my absolute favorite storylines in season two. I know.
1: <laughs> Nadine is just one of the best characters ever. She
0: really is. There's this thing going around Facebook right now this weekend that's like, convince us of your favorite season two storyline. Because there's a lot of crazy storylines in season two. Mm-hmm. And convince us why this one is... The best one, and I want to, I keep meaning to write in about that one, but mm-hmm. I keep forgetting because social media.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so Harry and Cooper go to visit Jacoby. His room is all hawaii would out. <laughs> <laughs> His wife, who lives at their house in Hawaii, is there.
1: I wish I had a house in Hawaii. Me too. I'd be like, uh, you know.
0: I wouldn't have a house in Twin weeks. No, I'd be like, I'm going
1: to Hawaii, goodbye. <laughs>
0: Uh, He's going to be hypnotized. That's so weird. I have a house in Hawaii yet. I just am a small town psychiatrist in Twin Peaks.
1: In Twin Peaks.
0: I guess it must be his hometown.
1: I guess so. I would rather be in Hawaii. (laughs) But whatever.
0: Yep. He says that he's been put under many times and gives them a script that he prefers. (laughs) Truman has to hold up a stone for him to gaze at. And the hypnosis script is golf-themed. <laughs> <laughs> Harry actually starts to succumb to the hypnosis. <laughs> and Cooper asks Jacoby about the smell of engine oil at the hospital, but he also smelled it at the park.
2: Hmm.
0: And he wants to know who else comes into the room. He, Jacoby remembers and sees someone he knows. Let me cap to the next scene. Mm -hmm. one of the best scenes wind through the trees at night an owl the cemetery donna is delivering the flower to laura's grave (laughs) and she talks to laura she tells her about her and james she doesn't feel like she has to explain it to her
1: (laughs) (laughs) very intense
0: I, i i feel that energy whenever i'm like I have this tendency to like apologize to the universe all the time uh-huh. and I've been trying to break myself of it and I'm always like yeah. I don't have to apologize to you universe <laughs> I'm not at fault uh, anyway Donna's is mad at Laura she is worried that she will lose both Laura and James now because of Maddie
1: uh, I don't think you'll lose Laura because of Maddie
0: but yeah. okay <laughs> uh, she used to want to be like her but look at what it did to her. <laughs> she, she thinks that they were always trying to solve her problems, and they still are. She says, you're dead, but your problems keep hanging around. It's almost like they didn't bury you deep enough. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love this kind of dramatic side of her because...
0: Yes, that's one of my favorite parts. Yes. So it's like they didn't bury you deep enough.
1: And she's like on the floor and slams her hands down.
0: But, you know, this is Donna's choice. She wants to be doing this. So she's mad at Laura, but she's mad at herself.
1: Yeah. And it's also like, you know, I guess for the, for us, the viewers who, you know, technically if you were like an avid Twin Peaks person, you would have already read The Secret Diary. And so you would have by this point, been like, Laura could probably not care, give two shits about any of this, <laughs> about you and James or anything. Like, there are so many bigger things going on yeah. in Twin peaks that I bet you she Laura be like, just wanted to be like... If
0: Donna off my back, then yes, I'll be happy to have her and James get together. <laughs> yeah, she's
1: like, whatever. Like, she doesn't care. And I feel like, you know...
0: She's got bigger problems.
1: Yeah, and it's just, it, you know, I think it's just... I want Donna to... Realize you think she would by this point that there are bigger things going on yeah. than teenage yeah, relationships. Yeah, herself
0: in these dangerous situations with people she has no clue about,
1: right? And she's not telling. She's anyone. changed
0: more than any other character, and this has only yeah. been like a little over a week since right. the show started. <laughs>
1: right, right, right. But I, I do, I do love this scene. I love it. I love it. I think it's one of my favorites. It's very
0: relatable. I mean, mm-hmm. you know just kind of like such frustration and Mm -hmm. you don't know you want to put it on this person but you don't want to be mad at a dead person but you can't help it so like (laughs) right
1: it's just it and it gives us one of these scenes that we don't ever really get even in like the secret diary of just laura and uh donna yeah and even though laura can't necessarily talk back it's just like you got kind of get to see like like, really, what their relationship was like. Yeah. It's always all about Laura. You know, Donna kind of just played the wallflower and.
0: Yeah. God, I can't wait to get to Firewalk with me.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm excited.
0: Uh, it's going to be a while, though. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine. But it's okay. Because we got plenty of good stuff on the way. Oh, yeah. Okay. James goes to see Maddie. He says he looked for Donna and couldn't find her. He didn't look in the graveyard. <sighs> <laughs> But I'm sure he passed the graveyard, because it's a small town. He needs to talk to someone, though. His mom came home, and she was loaded and screwed up. He hates her. Maddie immediately kisses him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Maddie.
0: (laughs) They hug, and when they let go, Donna is there, of course. Of course. (laughs) Because she's got, like, radar. And James (laughs) and Maddie are somewhere together. She her subconscious is like go there immediately (laughs) torture yourself
1: (laughs) well i think this was the beginning of the series of just like popping up like i would (laughs) i would almost like akin it to like teleporting into the scene because like you don't hear them walking up no one notices them until they speak
0: yeah (laughs) and
1: she just appears in that room and she's like what are you doing
0: it was like, was the door? The, that door must always be wide open.
1: It must be wide open or it must be oiled every the day. People
0: are always walking into the Palmer house straight <laughs> in. <laughs>
1: you would you'd think after their daughter was murdered, they would lock the door. But, uh, whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, it's about to happen again. Okay. So, because um, mm-hmm. Donna runs out, James knocks over a bunch of shit for no reason.
1: Yeah. Not in his house. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. rude.
0: <laughs> then he chases her out and then screams, Why? to the night (laughs) (laughs) because you kissed her (laughs) (sighs) okay so last scene Maddie's upset she just wanted to come home or just not home she just wanted to come to the funeral and everyone wants her to be Laura she tearfully tells Leland that's true he comforts her and he said if life could only be like those summers at Pearl Lakes (laughs) and Harry and Cooper come in no one shut the door. no nope. Thanks a lot, James. <laughs> <laughs> They're there to arrest him for must- mustering. <laughs> mustering. Is <instead of> murdering? <laughs> mustering.
1: Mustering the murder.
0: word. <laughs> They're there to arrest him for murdering Jacques. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is one more thing because Donna knocks on Harold's door. <laughs> she didn't know where else to go so i went to this person i just met today's house
1: who's a creepy orchid keeper
0: (laughs) well at least she knows he'll be home Uh, that's true (laughs) (laughs) she's upset over james and i bet you know laura probably went to his house several times in that state
1: (laughs) oh i'm sure
0: (laughs) he goes to get her something to drink and she finds the diary of laura palmer (gasps) oh we know that diary. We read yes. it.
1: Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Just call us
0: Harold Smith. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's probably one of the best, like, ends to an episode because there's no lead up to it. You don't really expect anything crazy to happen. And then you're like, wait, how does he have that? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. I really Ugh. like this episode. I think I really, now that I'm starting to follow a little bit, the other directors besides David Lynch mm-hmm. who directed episodes... I think leslie Linka Gladder, definitely the top of my list at the moment.
1: Yeah. This was a really good episode. It just it feels so I don't know, like I feel like so much she fits so much in <laughs> and it felt like we did so much, but it was only like less than an hour. It's crazy.
0: And it felt very like I think she might have been the one who did Well, actually I might have that on my notes um for the deep dive. But I think she was the one who came up with the idea of having conventions all the time in the Uh background, and it just, it had, it's, it doesn't feel like it's trying to be David Lynch specific, but it Mm -hmm. definitely always feels like it has a flair to it. Her episodes, like, they feel very like, and she doesn't, it doesn't feel like, the next episode has a lot of tricks to make it feel Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's a good episode, but, you know, like, there's a storm going on, and they do all this other stuff, but there's no, none of that, like, trick Kind of stuff it just is natural throughout mm-hmm. her episodes, so I'm excited to see more of her episodes and see um if I keep liking them as much because I've never really paid attention to who's the director right. episode because because
1: just... you're just like, I <laughs> wanted to enjoy the series.
0: I just like to take stuff in, you know, <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm the same way where I'm like you know. I do appreciate these kind of like deep dives that people do after like recaps of episodes and stuff. And I do like watching them occasionally, but like on these kind of like mystery shows, I just like to, I'm like, don't spoil anything for me. <laughs> I want to have my own like hypothesize yeah. and I want to just want to be told the story.
0: Yes. Hopefully I have not spoiled <laughs> no. I'm always afraid. Like, am I talking about things in too roundabout away? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, not at all.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Um, uh, what was your favorite
1: part? Oh gosh, there's so many good ones. I think I know
0: this is a really good. Episode.
1: We might have the same one. I think it's that cemetery scene.
0: Yeah, that's really great. I mean, that would be my top probably for this episode.
1: I love that scene, and you know, I would say a close second is the whole Nadine
0: storyline <laughs> yes. starting
1: because i well.
0: Yeah, my other favorite moment maybe in all of Twin Peaks, though, is Albert's little speech journey. Yes, that one's good, too. So, yeah, I'll give it both of those. But there's so few instances where I'm like, Donna, you're being my favorite character, so yeah. well, I have to give it to her, on this one especially, because...
1: Yes. <laughs> and we get a lot of good Lucy stuff, especially at the double R, the, yeah. hmm, preggers.
2: Yeah. this <laughs> is
0: so great. Dick Tremaine, which <laughs> is Ugh, fun. He's so good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, this is just a really good episode. Mm-hmm. But I can, my I would say, the Audrey stuff is probably my least favorite in this episode.
1: It just seems like such a disservice to the character and to the actress. Yeah. Like she's so good, let's give her more. Yeah, but
0: well, whatever, you know, she'll she'll be back to her old spunky self soon enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Deep dive.
1: Let's do it.
0: All right. I did do it on Donna this one. Okay. Yay. <laughs> I already said the man behind the glass. The log line Leland says he knows the man in the sketch, and Donna Hayward discovers Laura Palmer's secret diary. <gasps> <laughs> Boil it down. <laughs> so I did it on Donna Marie Hayward.
1: <laughs> I never
0: even realized that she had a middle name.
1: No, DNH.
0: Um, her birthday is September 2nd.
1: 1971
0: oh according to her trading card
1: oh interesting <laughs> yeah. interesting
0: so the first thing I looked up which I've done on some other ones back in the old early days of the podcast yes <laughs> I think pre-pandemic days um <laughs> that might be after that but there's a, some sort of a statistical website where People just put in like what they think of characters, and so it comes up with like their traits ranked statistically. Uh huh. So I found hers, and so I put some of her highest ranked ones in statistical order, not including superficial ones like young and attractive. I didn't do any of those kinds. Yeah,
1: that's silly.
0: <laughs> well, just because I don't feel like it, it says much about your character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so her top ones were emotional. Love focused, Mm -hmm. dramatic, (laughs) sexual, which is interesting because I guess she does like. I mean, she she has that transformation. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, persistent, motivated, flirtatious, curious, pointed, and interested. Hmm. And then her lowest ranked ones were (laughs) dog person. So I guess people think of her more as a cat person um cynical so not so these are things she's probably least like okay urban
1: uh <laughs> okay I don't know That's.
0: Yeah. I just feel like I thought of it as not rural you know or yeah. like she is a rural type person because I could
1: see that yeah she's a little bit less country. <laughs> I could see her more of a country living than a city living yeah I could see that
0: now this one's interesting sweet is one of her lowest. And Demure is also one of her lowest.
1: I would say those are true.
0: I agree. And the lowest one I have is Extraordinary. Oh. (laughs) That's not rude.
1: (laughs) That is kind of mean. Like I I understand what they're going for. Like she's not this kind of grandiose character. Yeah, she's
0: like the girl next door, you know? Yeah,
1: she's just, you know, everyone knows Donna.
0: (laughs) Okay, so then I found a really great article that I'm going to just go ahead and recommend that you guys read this article. It's from disobedientsounds.com. It's called "Being Donna: Tragedy's Best Friend" mm. by Laura Stewart, who I think she still—I just saw her post something to this blog just the other day that looked really interesting. I was like, "Wow!" Oh, it was about um, David Lynch's music videos, and I was like, "I'm gonna have to bookmark this for whenever we finally cover his music videos on the podcast." <laughs> oh yeah,
1: Danielle, I saw something about like maybe one being recently released or something, right?
0: was there oh yeah there was there was yeah Yeah.
1: so that's yeah that's interesting that's a great title though for the donna article i like that yeah
0: (laughs) well and the article is really interesting okay so i'll just sum up a little bit of what she said she said that donna was perhaps one of the few people who truly loved laura for exactly who she was even at her worst she wanted so much to protect her as we saw on Firewalk With Me, but you didn't see that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> she even joined in things that were way out of her comfort zone, like the skinny dipping thing.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Just so that she could be there with her, never wanting her to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> even dating a guy she couldn't really stand, Mike, just so that she had a reason to be in the gang with Laura and Bobby. Right. So, yes. After Laura's death, Donna was caught in the most beautiful dream and the most terrible nightmare all at once. She fell for her lost friend's secret boyfriend, James, a young man way more suited to her than he ever was to Laura. Just imagine that, though, falling for the boy, knowing that he had already been there with your best friend first. And he, too, was caught in a terrible position of not being able to grieve for her as he was secret. They found solace in each other and started a genuinely loving relationship until Maddie arrived. (laughs) Of course Maddie was wonderful and looked almost exactly like her cousin Laura mm-hmm. and within days of Donna's budding romance was on shaking gr- was on shaky ground because James couldn't get Laura out of his mind and felt allured by Maddie. Understandable, yes, but poor Donna, always second best to Laura. No wonder she felt she had to step it up a gear.
1: <laughs> yeah i really like that
0: yeah and the uh, the rest of the article was really great it really related to her feeling like donna because she had like a, a laura in her life mm-hmm. really interesting article but yeah so i just thought that those were really relevant to like where we are right now mm-hmm. and it's really interesting knowing from the diary that maddie was kind of donna's friend too you know whenever yeah. she would come to town she would that hang was out with sleepovers laura and donna. yeah
1: yeah and i really like that whole section. From the article that you read, that is about like Donna kind of just being there for Laura. And it's like a weird, weird thing to think about after the diary because, you know, that's kind of like we're being kind of told right now that Donna's like, I always had to be there to kind of sort of, you know, be there for you in case anything happened, like almost to protect her. Where in the secret diary, we kind of think like Laura's like, I always had to look out for Donna and (laughs) I don't want to have to protect her anymore. So it's like this weird thing where, yeah they're both and it's really sweet in a way where they're both just looking out for each other yeah and it's just like oh the perfect (laughs) friendship that could have been
0: yeah and it's definitely i know for myself i definitely had female friendships growing up that were like very one person was the more brave one and one person was the more meek one I don't know. I think I probably was on both sides of that relationship dynamic Um, you know, throughout with various friends. So yeah, it was great. And also the article had a really great Harold Smith theory that I'll have to try to remember to revisit because I'm sure we'll be covering him in the next few episodes too. For sure. So according to her birthday on her trading card, she's a Virgo. Okay. And Virgos, I have a little description for that. They are, logical practical and systematic and their approach to life this earth sign is a perfectionist at heart and isn't afraid to improve skills through diligent and consistent practice a virgo is about input and processing A virgo deals with information like a computer transforming even the most jumbled set of information into organized clear concepts though virgos long to be meticulous in all pursuits they must remember remember that constantly chasing after the ideal can be destructive when applied to self or others Mm. beauty exists within our imperfections and it's important for virgos to learn that flaws are not defects above all else virgos want to help they are kind gentle and supportive friends and lovers who use their incredible intellect and resourcefulness to problem solve so, I mean, that does kind of sound like her, but yeah. I don't really think that really gets to the heart of her. Mm-hmm. I also found a list, of course, with Twin Peaks characters ranked for their sign, and they said that she was a Libra. Okay. And that says, Donna is a character that is really important to the structural integrity of the show, being the voice of reason for pretty much everything Laura tries to convince her to get into. but. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit rebellious, yeah, which only makes sense given her friendship with Laura, but she's only ever dipped her toe in the kind of secret life that Laura was living, instead of drowning as she did, as Laura did. She does her best to embody Laura after she dies to keep the affection of James, who's still in love with her, but realizes that the act is only a way of putting herself into balance, a completion of her character. So I don't really see how that relates that much to Libra, but... I have one more choice for us because okay. I decided, since neither of those seemed right to me, to look up most loyal signs Okay. because she's still loyal to Laura even after right, all this. Right. And so I wrote down a Taurus. Okay. Tauruses are stubborn, and that's especially true when it comes to the people they love. They're known for being one of the zodiac signs that are most lo- <laughs> the most loyal partners, and they are... Particularly about who they love and spend their time with. Though they can be irritable and shallow at times, once a Taurus loves you, they will love you always. And, I don't know, I feel like I could see her being more of a Taurus, personally. Mm-hmm. Taurus is an Earth sign, like a Virgo, but less, like, meticulous. They can be more stubborn, and, you know, her need to figure out what's going on with mm-hmm. what happened with Laura and all this feels very, like, a stubbornness to me, like a yeah. Taurian and they're also ruled by venus so love is very important to them Mm -hmm. and
1: you know i i would say that because donna is kind of like this very complex character i would go venture to say that she is got both taurus and virgo in her chart yeah because i like that whole stubborn as we have that cemetery scene where she is like it's always been about laura and it's i guess still gonna be about laura like she's like i can't quit laura yeah she's being stubborn about her loyalty to her and then the virgo what really struck me about that was the whole line of trying something and oh like in different ways to kind of perfect it yeah and I kind of applied that to her sleuthing you know at first we see her very much you know she's just donna she's with james and they're trying to figure out what happened and i kind of see her transformation now as like well sleuthing as myself didn't work so let me try and act like laura
0: yeah yeah and we know that she did like uh, have really good grades and everything so right that does feel kind of Virgo too so yeah, I so could see her being Taurus and Virgo. Yeah, I mean she could have some Libra too. Maybe she's got like a <clears throat> Libra moon. Maybe she's Taurus with a Virgo rising or something like that. Yeah, I
2: don't
1: know. <laughs> I think yeah, I think Donna is such a very complex character, more complex than she's yeah. kind of been given like by you know. I guess I would say like than she's appears to be. Yeah. And so I like that she could be a, a mend of those.
0: Yeah, and I definitely think she probably has a love Earth in her chart she feels yeah. like an earth
1: she's very a grounded a grounding character i would say
0: yeah okay and i just said chaotic good for her
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I agree with that
0: i did write down a description you care about people and you are incredibly strong-willed which means you're willing to try to make the world better by any means necessary you mm-hmm. know deep inside what you feel is wrong or right but sometimes you're so hell-bent on fixing things your way that you forget how it will affect others. You're often misunderstood because no matter how good your intentions, sometimes your execution is a little disordered.
1: Yeah. That sounds very much... <laughs> At the it's, moment. <laughs> you i was It's funny that her astrological descriptions were kind of like, oh, kind of amend of everything, and then this was like right on the money. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Normally it's the other way around with us. <laughs> right. I like that. Final thoughts on the episode. Uh, the Man Behind Glass. I assume that's Harold Smith we're talking about.
1: Yeah, because it just has this kind of like, I guess that title to me gets like this weird voyeuristic kind of feel to it. And he, you know, doesn't go outside, but clearly he's been, you know, he watches Donna from mm-hmm. inside his home and. Yeah. Um, it also gives me. The, it just keeps piling on this noir theme a little <laughs> bit. It always reminds me of what is that movie? Oh my god, I don't know if it's necessarily noir, but it kind of has a little bit of a noir feeling. Where is it? Rear Window, where he's, uh, he the witnesses Hitchcock
0: movie.
1: Yeah, where he witnesses something from his window. I've yeah, never seen. I don't it. think
0: it's technically noir, but it is a mystery.
1: It's kind of like ish. Yeah, it's it's everything. And
0: it's got Hitchcock's. Style,
1: yeah so, and i yeah. feel like this is a little bit of hitchcockian a little bit so i kind of yeah the even like the title itself is just kind of building on that whole <laughs> mystery narrative and i don't know i really love this episode had yeah, it such was great like, scenes it was
0: really good and i felt like this episode felt more like there were so many more potential m- murderers yeah, maybe that's why I'm so obsessed with who's a murderer and Jane Austen <laughs> because we're watching Twin Peaks at the same time. <laughs> and you're like, well,
1: they're all acting weird and crazy, so they have to be murderers.
0: Yes, if you're only a Twin Peaks person and you're not listening to the Jane Austen stuff, just know we're talking a lot about who's a murderer and Jane.
1: Austen. <laughs> <laughs> I say multiple adaptations. We've had theories on who's a murderer. Yes. <laughs>
0: listening back i feel like i'm talking about it the entire time we're doing <laughs> <laughs> well
1: it has that feel to it
0: just one know. particular character yeah. but yeah this one felt like harold felt very murderish ben horn felt very murderish mm-hmm. i mean leland was arrested in this episode i mean john john oh my god definitely uh, yeah suspect list
1: <laughs> he's definitely if he didn't murder laura he murdered someone so. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and we kind of met Nancy, who we kind of heard about in the book mm-hmm. a little bit, and yeah, lots of interesting stuff going on in this episode.
1: Oh, yeah. Just
0: really mm-hmm. enjoyed it, and I can't wait to record episode four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when a lot of our things that we alluded to will probably be talked about instead.
0: Back on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> All that's left is recommendations, and Ugh. I feel like I had saved up a bunch for the Twin Peaks episodes.
1: Yeah, I I know I had one today because I was like, oh, I finally feel prepared
0: with my <laughs> <They're like laughs> recommendations. Almost all video games that I've played recently. Oh, really? I see now looking at the list, so you're gonna get a lot of adventure game recommendations. Adventure next... games
1: are so much fun.
0: Well, should I go ahead and go first, or do you want to? Yeah. Okay. You well one game that i have played several times now and i'm sure i've talked christian's ear off about it already but it's a game that i recently became able to play because i got a laptop finally (laughs) and so i could play some steam games Mm -hmm. which i hadn't been able to do and there's a game by one of the companies that I play a lot of games from, Watched Shadai, called Unavowed. hmm And it's really fun. They're, you start off, and before they even, like, reveal anything, you're like... You pick a couple of choices. uh uh-huh. And there's three different openings that you can choose from and you can play as a male or female and any of these openings so really there's like six different possibilities of like characters that you can play and it affects the whole rest of the story depending on what character you play because like characters from that opening will be different characters later in the game and it's really cool i've played it through twice now And I got to play it one more time at least (laughs) so I can get the other opening. And I just love it. It's really cool. There's a lot of cool characters. You're always going off. There's a bunch of different missions and you just gather, collect characters throughout. And then you can kind of like play as two different characters depending on the mission. But you don't really know. You kind of got to decide from clues like which Mm -hmm. characters you meet best. But it doesn't really matter which characters you pick because there's different ways to do stuff with all the different characters. So... It's a really fun game. I that definitely awesome. it has a lot of replayability. I love listening to their, or playing their games with the commentary tracks on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, very definitely recommend Unavowed.
1: Unavowed. I'll have to remember that. I
0: I think they're coming out with the Switch port for it soon. Ooh, yeah.
1: that's fun. I'm definitely gonna look for that then because <laughs> I love these games that kind of have like, you know, you make certain decisions and it you, you can have different kind of paths during the game and even different endings. And I mm-hmm. just feel like, developers who create games that are meant to be replayed and you can have that almost like you're playing a new game experience i just feel like that's like the best kind of games you can get
0: yeah definitely i mean i like zelda and i like fighting stuff but Mm -hmm. i'd much rather play a game where there's like you know a bunch of different puzzles to solve and things to find and yeah it's it's definitely it's got like that pixelated art too that Mm -hmm. but it it works really well (laughs) Interesting,
1: yeah. I'll have to keep it unavowed. unavowed.
0: Yeah, I'll let you know when it comes out on Switch. Yes, please. I'm sure I'll hear about it. I'll have to get another copy of the game, like I do with all my games.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, your video game recommendation just reminded me. My main recommendation is not going to be anything video game related but it's like a weird little like Uh re-recommendation of that game i've mentioned before i think it's called uh, watchdogs legion the british like hacking whatever game oh uh uh
0: uh-huh
1: um they just put out an update for it where you can like really customize your characters even more now that's cool um before you were like whoever you look you could just like you know buy them new clothes to like blend in or whatever but now you can like totally customize like hair and body piercings and tattoos oh, and fun. you know it just is really cool now and although uh, that's where
0: i got stuck in skyrim
1: yeah With well, this one your character
0: face.
1: <laughs> the great thing about this is that you don't have to create your character they give you kind of like these stock oh that's... so you can't like just really change like their face features but you can uh-huh. change like hair and clothing and like tattoos and so
0: choices but not too many choices. yeah i feel like
1: these are very safe choices if you're not a person who likes mm. to kind of do everything on like right. the molecular level
0: right.
1: <laughs> but I just I've just been playing this, I'm replaying it and I was like the first time I just kind of breezed by it It was like I'm gonna do the story and this time I'm like I'm just re- recruit as many people as possible <laughs> and just do as many side missions as I can before I actually have to do the main mission and you know it's just a lot of fun so <laughs> if you haven't capitalized on my, primer, uh, my previous recommendation I would definitely recommend it now because it's so much fun <laughs> But my main recommendation today is going to be music, and it's going to be an album that I just discovered called Sueños de Dali by Paloma Mami, and she is this, like, Chilean American... The category is, like, these music categories sometimes are... (laughs) I don't feel as accurate. It's, like, it's urban Latino, okay, but it's kind of like an R&B, kind of, like, new wave kind of feeling to it, and it's just, like, this... She's got a great voice, and... I remember I found this album, I think, on, I think, two days ago. <laughs> on, like, I was a Friday for me. And I found it, and I literally just listened to the album all day while I was working. <laughs> I listened to it, I think, like, eight times over, like, from that beginning sucks. to end. It's very good. She's got a great voice. She's so talented. And the songs are so cool. <laughs> and I just think she's such a cool person. And so I'm just, like, obsessed with it. Awesome. Yeah. So, de Stadali, which, it's, like, got really cool cover arcs, I think the title translates to dreams of dolly so i think it's like a reference to salvador dolly so it's really cool looking (laughs) she's just a really talented person awesome
0: all right well next week we're doing chapters six through nine Mm -hmm. of persuasion it's probably the last time that i remember what we're doing (laughs) in the twin peaks episodes and well we're gonna come back obviously the week after that with the next twin peaks episode. For season two, yep. Ugh, all the numbering of Twin Peaks is still confusing in season two, even though we're yeah. just going with the season two numbering. But
1: yeah, because I remember when you were because you we were watching on the DVD box. Yeah, and it's, it's is, like
0: episode ten and eleven. It's yeah,
1: like, oh <laughs> <laughs> I had to pull up the IMDb before I said it because I was like, let me remember what episode we're yeah. on. Yeah,
0: and then the titles aren't even really the titles; they're just titles that they came up with for the German box set or something. Yeah, but oh, we're making. Whatever. We're going Netflix style. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. And we would actually really love to hear from you about what your first impressions of this episode were when Mm -hmm. you first watched it. What do you think of Leslie Linka Glatter's direction? Do you like it as much as we do? Yes. And yeah, if you're reading along with Persuasion, we'd love to hear if this is your first time Mm -hmm. or if this is your first time watching Twin Peaks. If you're a persuasion person coming over, or a Jane Austen person, I guess, <laughs> coming over to watch some Twin Peaks with us, we'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can email us at Madness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersofmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one-minute voicemail on our website at mannersofmadness.com.
0: Yes. And um, as you probably noticed, because of our craziness at the beginning of the episode and <laughs> the quality of this episode, we're still fighting technological issues so if you would like to contribute to our get our equipment working properly fund um mm-hmm. you can find that at manners there's a support button we are contemplating new ways to do a uh, support for like maybe a patreon or uh-huh. uh, anchors starting their own kind of version of a patreon that we were thinking about so if you have any opinions on what you would like to see from something like that, we would love to hear from you on that, too.
1: Yeah. And we've discussed possibly, like, you know, doing these, maybe if they're extra episodes, maybe doing things that are, like, maybe Twin Peaks or Jane Austen adjacent that aren't necessarily Twin Peaks or Jane Austen. So if you have any things you want us to hear our opinions about, just let us know.
0: Yeah, we could watch some movies, some... Mm -hmm. spooky movies, like Mandy or some weird, you know, those Mm -hmm. more director-focused movies. Yeah. Or yeah, we, gosh, let us know. If you want to hear more stuff from us, we are... We'd be happy
1: to make it. Yeah, we
0: want to make it. Yeah, especially once we get all of our equipment up and running properly. (laughs) Make it easier
1: for us. Yes.
0: Yeah, so I guess that's it for this week. Oh, and we'd also love a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you wouldn't mind. We've gotten some new ratings and a new review, and it's very exciting. Yes, we
1: very much appreciate them.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, I guess that's everything.
1: (laughs) Yes, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Good night. Bye. (laughs)